peace and blessings welcome to holy algorithm season two y'all episode one season two isn't that awesome i am jarain aka who am i today um straight out of brooklyn how about that anyway welcome back uh Missed you guys. It was a much needed month off between seasons. And um, yeah, I'm feeling rested and excited about what the future has to hold. First, I want to shout y'all out for just staying with me and, and sharing the podcast and giving suggestions on you need to talk about this. (laughs) So I really just want to thank you all for rocking out with me. So, um, yeah. So I figured the best way to start season two is to jump right in and take it to the next level. So a couple people asked me, you know, what is the intention of Holy Algorithm? And I did my best to answer by saying something like, in my reality... We are connected to the divine and we are sacred beings and there is nothing that is not holy if we have the eyes to see. And so I figured, you know what, let's let's do it. Let's talk about how we look at holy in our culture, how we look at sacred. And then, you know, once we do that, let's flip it on its head. So the thing that's very interesting is I think the first thing I thought about was like, how is it in Western culture that we perceive sacredness, right? And once I figured that out, like, why do we look at it that way? And what's the difference between that and other cultures, right? So the first thing that I thought was, um, interestingly enough, even though the dominant culture in America uh, says it's Christian, there seems to be like a big gap between how Judaism and Christianity perceive um, this idea of sacred, right? So when I'm looking at Judaism, what I see is this concept that um, there's this creator being that is attempting to have a relationship with human beings. And it is not as if we aren't sacred, but there's this idea that there are varying levels of sacred, right? And so what you kind of see is these names of God, right? And the names of God are meant to imply um, that there is a relationship kind of happening. And so one of the things that I looked at, right? So the major perception is that the creator is either Ein Sof uh, which is like this transcendent perspective of God, um, really transcendent, like without end. And then there's the Shekinah, which is like this indwelling, right? And so indwelling and transcendent doesn't mean that God is separate from us, but kind of speaks to how we are experiencing God, right? 
Now, what's kind of amazing about that is based on our perception of the creator, aka God, we then have this bump up against not seeing something, missing the mark, which we then call sin, right? And so this is the fundamental idea of how we move away from the divine. Now, what's interesting is that I think this sort of gets blown way up in Christianity with this idea that we are separate, right? We are separate from the divine. We are um, so not of God that um, we come up with this idea that there are things of the world and then there are things of God, right? And so it creates sort of what I think is a false paradigm, this duality, which is, you know, things are black and white, things are up or down, things are this or that. And so this idea of sacred sort of drives a wedge, right? God is sacred, humans are not, right? And then we come up with all this mythology, like spiritual people don't do this, um, kind people don't do that, um, evil people look like this. And so it's sort of this evil versus good design. And I suppose today's conversation is rooted in what would it look like if everything was viewed as sacred or divine or worthy of a moment of gratitude. So, you know, I was looking at this word um, sacred very deeply and realized, okay, so one, it comes from the Latin sacer, which means holy. And I think when I look at the progression of Christianity and I look at different um, belief systems that sort of make it seem like we are not sacred and certain things are not sacred, I think that we have a very difficult time seeing life as sacred because we sort of feel separate. We feel separate from that which is holy. We feel separate from the creator. Uh, We feel separate from each other. We feel separate from that which we perceive as good, right? And so when I think about how do we return to this sense of sacred, I think a lot of it has to do with how we perceive that which we call God and how we perceive ourselves. So that's not, that's not easy, especially if we are so grounded in certain religious teachings that we hold to be true, right? Because sometimes it feels like we are stepping away from our fundamental truths. So if we have sacred texts that somehow imply that we are not connected to God or we are not inherently good, um, then there is a, a, a black and white duality paradox, right? Because then I need something to bring me closer to God. I need to somehow shift my perception 
and and then it's not me that is sacred it is not me that is good it's not me that is holy it's that thing outside of myself and so interestingly enough when i read the text um it's a tough one right because there's some lines straight out those books that said only you know only jesus is good um or the only way to get to God is through me. And then of course you could challenge that and say, well, what is the original meaning in in the Greek? Or um, can we sort of debate what that means if we're looking at the original um, Aramaic? And sometimes there are texts that you can say have easily been mistranslated, but you know, the question then becomes how do we how do we make sense of texts that imply that this is an evil world and there is nothing good but god and even when we do good that good is not coming from us right it almost asks you to uh, not believe what you have read in, in those texts. And so, you know, I struggle with these things as, as a, uh, a minister because, you know, do I outright say, I just don't believe that line of that book? Or do I say it's a human misunderstanding in the translation? Do I maybe even look at the compilation of text and say maybe a human being added that in? Do I look at the historical narrative and say, oh, well, it made sense that they would say that because it was written at a time where, you know, there was so much evil that was prevalent. And so, you know, maybe in the despair and the sadness, people were like, hey, you know, there is no goodness here except you know, God, because they couldn't see goodness in the everyday reality. So I'm going to say you have to wrestle with that in your in your own journey of transformation. You're going to have to look at what makes sense for you. Um, but for me, I think in my own spiritual journey, what I have come to say is, you know what? Sometimes we perceive goodness and God or the creator or um, the universe, whatever words, you know, speak to your spirit. You know, we perceive those energies based on our own understanding, our own growth and development, our own enlightenment and illumination. And so for me, I have come to the space where because I integrate uh, indigenous faith in my journey, I look at how my ancestors perceive the sacred. And so for them, there really was an embodiment of the divine. And so this is how you get an understanding of Arisha and ancestor veneration, because even if the world showed up as looking um, full of brokenness and woundedness, you had these spiritual energies that could advocate for you. Um, And when you blend that with a Christ consciousness paradigm, you begin to think of things like, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain, right? That is a powerful narrative that implies 
that it is what I believe, my perception, that allows me to move and shift and transform. And so, you know, when I tie that into um, a Genesis creation story, I then say, yes, here we see the creator just manifesting and it's good manifesting and it's good and so this idea that I can speak a word I can say a word I can create a word and all of this goodness unfolds before me right and so then what is there that is not sacred right I am in constant co-creation with the divine everything is good Um, there is a built-in redemption, right? And so if I integrate both an indigenous path and a Judeo-Christian narrative and, you know, leave room for even, um, you know, Allah and, uh, some of the sutras, we see that the relationship between human being and the divine and the creator is meant for us to see that we are collaborating in the creation of a world, right? And so in this world, I am loving up on creation. In this world, I am um, taking care of everything, right? From four-legged to um, microorganisms to um, my fellow human being. And so I am looking at the face of the divine in everything. So essentially everything is sacred, right? Because I don't take for granted that that tree outside is less than God itself. And my neighbor right? No less than God itself. And, you know, the cows and the lambs and the broccoli, God itself. And then I look in my own reflection and it's like God herself, God himself, right? Is that not the Genesis creation story? Like I am made in the image and likeness of the divine and God made everything and so everything is sacred and even if you say well I don't believe in that narrative there is no creation story that I can think of and I pretty much I think I know most of them most creation stories are implying everything is coming out of divine intelligence and everything is connected to everything and so hence everything is sacred. And so if I come from that paradigm that everything is sacred, then what I do is I move through every moment as if it is a divine unfolding. So even the things that don't feel good to me, I then have to pause and I have to say, what is creation teaching me in this moment? whether it's about cycles, nature, life, myself, transformation, healing. And so everything becomes a divine embodiment. And so that everyday sacred just kind of shifts everything, right? Uh, 
And I think if we can incorporate that, we address each other differently, we perceive life differently, we love up on each other differently, we forgive, right, differently, because we get that connection, that inherent connection. All right, so that's all I got. Peace, love, and light to y'all. Thank you. And if you found any merit, any goodness, any inspiration in this conversation, please feel free to tell your friends about it and invite them to come through. So peace, love, and light. And I will be with you sooner than later. Peace.